Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, Brewer fans, welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast. Uh, today on our podcast, we'll be talking about how the Brewers wrapped up their 2022 season. And unfortunately, yes, I did say wrapped up. Um, and then we're also going to do our annual postseason predictions uh, here with the crew. And joining me today, we've got, uh, of course, Vince Travato, Scott Bartell. We've got a special guest, not Chad Collins, but... Filling in for Chad, yeah. I was going to say, is it filling Chad Collins? But no, filling in uh, partially for Chad is a longtime fan and a longtime friend of mine. A uh, longtime fan of the show, though. Mr. Vikram Paragakar, how's it going, Vik? Hey, guys. Nice to be on the show today. There he is. Vikram's in the house. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're actually just leaving the Brewers game, guys. Uh, got a, a quick uh, last-minute trip up to Milwaukee and wanted to check out this final series against the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. So we went this evening and um, leaving a Brewers victory, at least. So it's a, it's a happy Tuesday night. The Brewers uh, beat the likely NL Simon runner-up probably in Zach Gallon, I'm guessing, or at least he'll be a top finisher. Um, so that was a pretty yeah. big accomplishment. And Eric Lauer had uh, six no-hit innings. I call it a, a no-no quality start as first ever for the Brewers. Uh, and they pulled <laughs> six. I guess they were saving them for the offseason or whatever. So that's cool. Um <laughs> All right. Well, the victory, so we guys. said in the stands tonight too, Craig. We were saying the exact same thing. Vikram and uh, my brother Joe and I were, were were talking like, "What are you saving him for?" We actually did the math on how long it's going to be till spring training. Like, we, what? I mean, I guess you don't want to. You could literally like re- recover from Tommy John's surgery by then. But anyway, I um, <laughs> what we'll with our press passes. Uh, now I'll head back to the clubhouse here and ask Craig. Yeah. So, and there, there might be a theme of this podcast. Uh, Interesting things that the Brewers front office and uh, everyone has been doing this or during this season. But anyway, all right. Well, since our, la- our last podcast, obviously we were talking about how the Brewers, with I think three weeks left to play, still had a chance for one of the final wild cards. And going into thanks to the Phillies, they have a pretty awful month, just like us. We did have a pretty decent chance going into the final nine-game homestand against the Cardinals, Marlins, and. Diamondbacks, however, um, it was not in the cards, no pun intended. The fish yeah. up, and uh, we only took one of four in the final set against the Marlins and basically ended any chance of our wild card hopes. So the Brewers will be missing the playoffs for the first time in five. It made it four consecutive, which, of course, was a club record. Fortunately, that streak comes to a screeching end, even though it come down to the wire here. Kind of disappointing, obviously, overall. Uh, what is your guys' take on, um, you know, how the Brewers kind of the season played out, I guess, here, especially at the end? Yeah, I mean, it was obviously a disappointing September. I think that, you know, the the there was a bit of optimism again at the beginning of the month, just because traditionally, you know, you hear about Craig Timber and Craig Council having good, good managerial record in September. And, and that can be true in other years, but you know, for me, the momentum had really changed around, I guess, two, two events uh, that we've talked about at length on this podcast, but one being 
the the sort of weird uh, letting go of Lorenzo Cain and the then of course the Josh Hader trade at the deadline. And I think that I think that there's some intangibles that you know kind of changed fundamentally in the clubhouse at that point with both of those moves. That you know you you hear some of the quotes from Christian Yelich that he told our colleague Adam McKelvey yesterday, and just that this team never really gelled. And the, you know for players to come out and talk to the media um, as bluntly as guys like Christian Yelich and Eric Lauer and Devin Williams have this year has been a bit of a surprise to me, um, which really tells me that the, that the problem is worse than, than, you know, they were originally uh, kind of portrayed. And I, I think that the Josh Hader trade was really the, the catalyst though for this team's demise, not so much, you know, playing slightly under 500 in September. I will say I did see one stat, Scott, that your interns can confirm, but um, I believe that the Brewers have 15 blown saved uh, since the Josh Hader trade. Which is the most on base. Yeah. yeah. Pretty rough. Oh, yeah, most, most major league. Yeah. So, obviously, everyone can uh, – the optimists can also point to the fact that Josh Hader really did very poorly for the Padres, especially right after the trade. But he has kind of righted the ship, and they are making the playoffs, and we're staying home. So, it, it, I mean, it really was playing out that uh, the Padres were – uh, barely making one of the wild cards as well. So, I mean, had they not had Hater and we still had Hater, there's, in my opinion, there's a good chance we would have been one of the wild cards. So, I mean, I, it's just hard to justify what, yeah. the, I just don't understand their train of thought or what their overall strength. I mean, are they sitting as a first place team going to trade? Are they, are they looking at like a two year window and trying to put the best team together for next year, but not this year? I, I mean, well, and, and Frank, not to you know, I know we've talked about this, and not to rehash all this again, but I feel very strongly about it. I, I don't. It's not the trading hater that bothers me so much as trading hater and not getting pieces back to help you in a year that you're at that time in first place in the division. I mean, you know, the, the Milwaukee Brewers do not have a world championship. The Milwaukee Brewers do not have uh, a lot of postseason experience. Looking at the entirety of the history of the franchise, I mean, any time that we're in first. If I'm the GM, I, I think that you got to go for it, quite frankly, and and make the best of it. So I, I certainly, uh, again, it's not about Josh Hader. Uh, it's, it's about trading Josh Hader for guys that, even under the best case scenario with this trade, are not clearly haven't helped us much in 2022. And I, I'm still maybe a little bit more bullish than others on um, a couple of the younger pieces that we got back. I think the Ruiz is going to be a good piece on this team eventually. But I don't, I don't think that this is the year. And we got some pitching as well. But I don't think that this is the year that we needed to do that. And I don't know why you do that without also adding something to your team uh, as well. And if, if if we didn't do that, even if there were other things that were quote unquote lined up that fell through, I still think that that's a failure in the, on the front office's part to not plan adequately for that and not to give yourself enough time to readjust and go to a plan B so that, you know, if you trade Josh Hader and you expect to acquire Josh Bell, for instance, who also hasn't hit much since the deadline, but just for example's sake, if you aren't able to do that because Josh Bell suddenly gets packaged in a separate trade with San Diego, then you at least have time to go to a plan B if you're not doing this at the last minute. Um, and I think that that was kind of an understated uh, strength of Doug Melvin, who was able to go out and get a guy like see two weeks uh before the deadline or three weeks before the deadline, even a week before the all-star break, he did it with K-Rod as well. So, you know, again, I think Stearns has a lot of strength, but I, I don't think his deadline management is one of them. 
Well, I think what's well, actually, just since you brought up Ruiz, I will say that I think he's going to have a little more value next year because, you know, in theory, if you can only throw over to first twice, you would think that there's going right. to be more stolen bases next year. Right. And right. you would think that he might have a little more value, but um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to just say, you know what? Josh Hader got traded. Let's look at what we did for the bullpen. Cause it's kind of like Moneyball, right? When, you know, when Giambi leaves the A's and they say, well, we're just going to fill in with three other people and we're going to get the same production. So we did that with Bush who didn't pitch very well. Um, Rogers who did not pitch very well and Rosenthal who didn't pitch at all. So, I mean, unfortunately, um, you know, it was one of those things that probably on paper, it, it looked pretty solid, but, um, you know, we, maybe we just ran into a little bit more of that reliever volatility that we keep talking about. Yeah. And I, I've said to you guys before in our text, right? It was almost like the front office was trying to be too cute or something with this deadline. You know, it was like, you know, Hey, obviously we need two bats. Why don't we just go and trade our all-star reliever for relievers who aren't as good and some prospects, you know, it was like, what are you like, what are you overthinking here? I don't, I don't understand. And clearly that showed with our, lack of offense this past weekend against Miami. I mean, it was really frustrating to see the Brewers that Sunday game. I mean, as dramatic and fun as it was to watch at the time, it was excruciating in the way that the Brewers were not able to pull that out. And the fact that we were eliminated essentially because of losing that game after we had multiple opportunities in extra innings, just because our offense can push through, you know, one extra run. It, it just kind of summed up everything about Unfortunately, this this season and this team, I I just I can't remember a, a team in at least recent Brewers history that's been as talented, but has found as many ways to lose. I mean, it's 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 been a while, and I think you've got to go back to you know a number like 15 years ago at least for a team like that, maybe 2014. Yes, but they weren't nearly as talented as this group. Well, look, you have to go back to the Bleach Boys. <laughs> yeah. Richie Sexton, yeah. Jerry Burnett. Who is the other guy? I think the catcher. Tyler Houston. Was it Tyler Houston? Tyler Houston, right? I, so. I don't know. What do you think? Tyler Houston. What's the other bleach boy in the Brewers? Well, wasn't it Sexton yeah, Burnett? And uh, <laughs> Burnett was it? Wasn't it? Uh, did, Jen- did Jenkins do that? Oh, uh, maybe Jenkins I think he was included. included. He busted bad. He clearly a California Probably guy. Probably frosted so those tips. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was the 90s and the early 2000s. He could do whatever he wanted back then. Great. Second did it as well. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, say this is just making it as frustrating as a Brewer fan to, you know, taking a 2022 season when it was really so much promise especially coming off of last off season where we got also the Braves in our first playoff series, when I really felt that we had a strong roster top to bottom and could make a, a serious world series run as division winners last year uh, with, you know, on the backs of uh, carbon burn signing award caliber season. And it just, it was a disappointing end. And then to have this season after that, it's just, just like a double whammy for Brewer fans, but if you really look at it, you know, with the tr- trade deadline folly side, I guess I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, 
at this organization, we basically have our former MVP, Christian Yelich, over the course of the last couple of years, turning into a pumpkin. Uh, you had our most promising prospect, Keston Hira, who was coming on to be a middle of the lineup hitter at some point, basically turned into a pumpkin. And then this season, I mean, our our former and recent uh, trade acquisition, who I think we really wanted to be a key offensive piece, Louis Urias, in some ways, turned into a pumpkin as well. It's really not his promise. And there's other guys as well, uh, not to single those three out. But, I mean, when you have all three of those things happen, your offense is going to suffer greatly. And um, I, I just – it, it kind of just is befuddling to me that, that last offseason or this trade deadline, what the Brewers – how they addressed their shortcomings in offense were, yeah. were they left much to be desired. And unfortunately, the reality, the small market reality of that is the fact that Christian Yelich's contract probably, you know, was did not allow the Brewers to add the pieces via offense that they really need. And in order to add someone, they would have had to done it via trade by giving up a lot of their top play prospect to add to add someone like we had wanted like last offseason like a Matt Olson to your lineup and they just weren't willing to do that as an organization to make it kind of go for it move with their offense and here we are you know uh, a season and a half later and yeah. left out of the playoffs so I mean I think yeah. hope for next season but I, I almost it, it pains me to think that maybe there's not a lot of flexibility with the payroll to fix our offense going forward. Um, and even though there's well, some. Craig, that, that, that's a great question. I, yeah, I don't mean to interrupt. I was just going to ask yeah. you, though, do you think that, do you guys think that it's a, is this an Adonacio issue? Is this a Stearns slash Arnold issue? I mean, is it, is it the owner saying you are going to only work within these constraints or is it, is it Stearns, you know, and Arnold and that team trying to, you know, make puzzle pieces fit? you know, that are, that are just wrong. I mean, I, I guess that, that, that's, that that's my fundamental question about the state of the Brewers organization right now is like, who's, where, where is the disconnect coming from and why, why is it that the Brewers can't take that next step? Because I hate to say it, but this window, we've got two years, guys. I mean, the starting rotation is not going to get any better than Woodruff, Burns, Peralta, most likely, you know, and, and, and with Eric Lauer as your four starter, I don't, I don't see that as being easily replaceable at best. So I, I think the two years is, is we got to go for it in this window. Well, here's the problem I have with that. I'm, I'm a little afraid that the, the window is actually one year because you can't, you know, you can't just get a pick for like Corbin Burns if he walks in two years. So you have, you have Burns, Woodruff, and who's the other one? Adamas are all with us for the next two years. You know, hopefully, obviously we can extend, you know, one of them maybe, but um I don't know. I think that this organization might be a little gun shy after throwing out the Yelich deal. And that obviously hasn't gone the way that they wanted it to at this point, I guess, but I don't know. So it makes me wonder if we have a one year window and somebody like Burns or Woodruff gets traded, you know, within the next year or so. So I don't know. You, you might not be wrong about that, Scott. I, I, I think the Burns is, the more likely to go in a trade scenario. I mean, I think the number one, he's got more value. And number two, I think his contract demands are going to be more uh, or less likely that the Brewers can match something that I want or command. 
on the open market. I could see Woodruff being a little bit more eager to, to extend as well. But um, that's that's a great point. And you know, you could make the argument you could you could still keep those guys if you're truly just going to bottle up and go for a one once you know for even their contract walk here. But um, yeah, you might be right. Maybe it is just a one-year window. And if that's the case, why didn't we take a bigger shot at it this year, though? I mean, when we had as Craig pointed out many times, how many times in Brewers history, the answer is never. Have we had the best starting pitcher in the, in the league and the best closer? And that's what the Brewers had for last year and, you know, half of the season. Yeah, and, and it's disappointing. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the other thing that probably has to get pointed out as well is, um, you know, next year, obviously, they're going to they're gonna have more of that scheduling parity. You're not going to play as many games within the division. And, you know, we had a cake division. We had a lot of trash in our division. And we had, um, like, the weakest strength of schedule this year, except for one other team, and that was the Cardinals, because they had to play everyone else in our division, too, and us. So, I don't know. That's a great point. I feel like I we let them get away. It. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about the um, the division and how that is changing next year. And I think since our last podcast, the, the 2023 schedule has been released. As a side note here to our listeners, um, and uh, the Brewers do open up on the road against the Cubs at Wrigley Field, and the home opener is set for uh, a, a series against the New York Mets, I believe. Do we finish at home next year? That's a good question. Scott, you'll be back for the final homestand, I'm sure, next year. Love you, Chuck. Mm-hmm. Hope so, yeah. I know. We'll see, I guess. <laughs> There's always hope. Um, Brewer fans have to have that at least. Yeah. I gotta, gotta keep I mean, I, I, Well, I think we'll have all off season to talk about plans for next yeah. year for the Brewers, but it, it really feels like a go for it year. And I mean, we have a lot of young guys that we saw we called up and our distributors like, Garrett Mitchell, you know, on the offensive side, and as you mentioned, S3 Ruiz. Um, and Bryce Terang. Right. I, 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 think the, I think the terrain could could definitely be a key piece next year, actually. I, I, well, I, and I, I guess Wong, Wong has, a, has a club option, I believe. I believe it's at $10 million or so. Um, so whether yeah. we pick that up is, would be kind of interesting. I, I almost feel that they're going to, but maybe, maybe it would be money best spent elsewhere if if Trang and Dean well, at second base. And actually, yeah. Ruiz has second base experience in minor leagues as well. I kind of had this brainstorm earlier today, and I don't know how, how likely it might be, but I was thinking, uh, I, I guess to your point that you were just making, Craig, uh, of the three guys that you listed, Yelich and Urias are the top two biggest disappointments from that list. But here, I think, was kind of mismanaged again um, for like the second or third season in a row, but that's a whole other story. But Urias really disappointed me. I think he's got value, but I think that his value is really going to be as a platoon guy uh, going forward. I don't think he can be our starting third baseman. I, I I would actually be very interested to kind of play through some scenarios of maybe Adamus even going and being our starting third baseman next year because the third base market is not good. Um, I think that Adamus could play there, and I think that you could – have Terang as your shortstop in theory under that scenario. I, I think that it's, it's kind of a cheaper way to replace 
um, or to, to find a third baseman. And, and keeping Urias as a platoon guy, I think, gets him where he's strongest, which I think is very important. So, I, you know, that that's just one thought that I had earlier today. And I, I didn't hear that from our anonymous source, Tom Carter, but be I would be interested to hear your guys' thoughts. Well, my first thought is TC is going to be upset again because he's anonymous. And oh uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, Did you know man, Tom Carter? Might have yeah, you know. Oh, you don't I mean, know. Uh, he's anonymous. <laughs> no offense to Bryce Terang and I, and or to you, Vince, but I kind of disagree with your assessment. I, unfortunately, I actually think Louis Arias has quite a bit higher of a major league regular ceiling than Bryce Terang does. I hate to say it. Um, so with that being said, um, I, I could be wrong, obviously, but, um, and Bryce Frank, you know, Adamus just set the Brewer record for most home runs by a shortstop being Rob Yonts at 31. I have a hard time believing they'll move him off short because his defense is at least more than adequate there as well. But in order yeah, but that's exactly what the Brewers did with Robin Young after he set that record, they moved him to center field. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, who knows? But I, I think there's enough guys to plug in. If we don't bring Wong back, there is, uh, you know, a couple of options for, for and I think Trang also has experience in minor leagues at second base. So, um, but if they did bring back Wong, then obviously Trang, would, if you want to slot him in the starting lineup, your scenario would make some sense. So um, I do think that Garrett Mitchell almost, unless we, you know, depending on what we do with the rest of our outfield, I almost think that he could have a starter's role handed to him going into spring training um, and so, as a center fielder now that Kane is gone and we really don't have that great of a center field option. Ruiz also is a center fielder, but like I said, he's got some infield um, you know, experience too. So we'll see. And, and so I guess it really feels like the Brewers have a lot of uh, pieces to move around. And, and I don't think that they'll probably be making a huge free agent splash on the offensive side. And that's the frustrating thing is because I really feel that we're relying too much on these rookies coming up. These hit, the hitters like Mitchell and Terang and, and uh, Ruiz, even we're counting on one multiple of these guys to become M- everyday regulars. And it, I think that's asking a lot. And not only that, but we really need to find a franchise middle order hitter to replace the fact that we really don't have one. Uh, and as great of a season as Rowdy Telez has, I don't necessarily think he's more than like a complimentary piece. He's not necessarily a franchise hitter, even though he's a good cleanup hitter. But um, Adamas is, you know, almost hands down the best hitter at this point. So wherever you put him, I don't know that it matters. His bat will be in the lineup. Um, and, he, and yeah, he's, he did have a great season, even as a non-shortstop. So, yeah, I think the Brewers all have yeah. options going forward, definitely, for the 2023 offense. But it's hard for it's just hard for me to envision who we're going to bring in that's not a rookie uh, to help this team because I don't think a couple of rookies with some potential are going to fix this offense. No way. So, I mean, I would love, love to. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm – and and I hope that that's not the Brewers' plan or answer for this. I I think that you use those younger guys to to sort of supplement what I hope is an off season that we really do go and acquire a an actual big bat. I don't know who that's going to be or where. I I'd be interested in you know we got to look through some. We'll, we'll talk about I'm sure potential trades or free agent signings in future episodes when the season is behind us and the World Series is done. But I I do think that there's 
got to be a bigger splash. And hey, I love Andrew McCutcheon as a guy, as a leader, as a and as a player. I like him a lot, but he's not the guy that you know may take you to the next level. I guess at the end of the day, you don't want to sign somebody whose best years are still behind them. You know, you want to find somebody that is is kind of still on the upswing. I think that um, the Brewers really have to make a splash on and. Yeah, I think that in, in order to do so, they're going to have to be willing to part with some of the young talent uh, that has, you know, either on the cusp of making the majors or have already made the majors, um, and, and be willing to part like that. I mean, I mean, obviously we saw Ethan Small kind of down season in the minor leagues. He's someone who could have probably brought someone back a pretty significant piece either last offseason or at the trade deadline. And as you can see, even in the minor leagues, these guys, their value can decrease even before they make it to the majors. Um, with that being said, you can never really have too much pitching. And the fact that we were locked up Aaron Ashby long-term and we've got right Alta long-term, those are some nice complimentary pieces um, that, that, that can you can slot in the rotation for years to come. Um, and so, as you guys said, I think it's going to have to be a strategy. The Brewers need to identify whether or not they can uh, give an extension to Burns or um, Burns or Woodruff well in advance of them becoming free agents. And then if they determine they can sign one of them to probably do that. And then for the other one, unfortunately find a, an opportune time then to trade them for a haul that'll bring back a potential franchise hitter. Uh, unfortunately, I just, there's just no scenario where we're going to have Burns and Woodruff beyond uh, their free agent, their arbitration years, like both of them. Yeah. I should mention. So, yeah. so I think that's an important thing that they have to figure out. Um, and of course, everyone will prefer it to be Burns. And again, he's going to finish in the top five, I'd imagine, or so. And and I'll sign word vote, uh, voting with the season he had this year as well. Um, yeah. This year's actual win. So, I mean, the Brewers have to take advantage and, and try to go for it next year. So, 2023 year could be a huge year for the Milwaukee Brewers and it almost needs to be at this point. So, I mean, a lot of, actually, on that, on that, point craig i'm uh i'm i'm sticking around here on the set but um vikram has to depart he's a busy man with many moves and uh what are your quick thoughts to wrap up your thoughts for 2023 uh brewers are gonna win it all next year winning it all guys that's it it's been predicted all right nice our first prediction (laughs) judge to the brewers you said okay (laughs) He's, he's had a few ciders (laughs) <laughs> we'll replay that clip next year during the World Series parade here on the Brook Review Podcast. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> awesome. All right. So, yeah, Vikram, thanks for being a Brewer fan. Of course, a Brook Review Podcast fan. We appreciate it. A big fan of the show over the years. Uh, really happy to finally have him on the show. So, um, Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Thanks, Vikram. See you, Vic. Yeah. Have a good night. Yeah, so, again, a disappointing end of the 2022 season for the Brewers, missing on the playoffs just barely. But, um, honestly, I just did not think that we had it, had, had it in us to make a, a run if we were to sneak in with a final wild card. Uh, very deep into the playoffs this year with, um, you know, how this team was constructed and obviously without hater. So I think it's just, it'll, it'll be good for us to regroup. And uh, there is quite a bit of hope that the guys that we acquired in the, in the hater trade, mainly Gasser and uh, Ruiz will become everyday regulars 
uh, I mean, sorry, not everyday regulars, but everyday contributors to the, to the Brewers, obviously. Um, I think Ruiz as a center fielder, second baseman, and Gasser, I mean, honestly, best case scenario, he could be Burns 2.0. Uh, great scenario would be even if he came, became Eric Lauer 2.0, there's always a chance he um, Eric's uh, Ethan Small 2.0 and kind of come a disappointment for even reaching the majors, but you just don't know what you have there. And he's a great left-handed arm. And I, I think the Brewers brass really is, I really feel that like they think he was one of the key pieces of that deal. Um, and so the, I really have high hopes for him. So maybe we will, I just have some hopes that we look back in a few years and, and realize that, um, you know, that trade will lean in our favor at some point. It just, a, it's a hard trade to swallow, uh, obviously this year. So, um, yeah. Hey, so Craig, on that point, do you think, do you think it's better almost that we didn't make the playoffs this year? If we're trying to, you know, kick the organization a little in the butt a little bit, just to, just to, to make a bigger splash. I mean, I, I feel like if we would have made the playoffs, like you just said, I think we would have probably been a quick exit. I don't think that we're as talented this year as a number of the teams that have made the postseason, obviously, but, um, you know, I, I think that sometimes there's been, you know, it's the whole bite of the apple philosophy where you've got, as long as you're in the playoffs type of mentality, then it's been a successful year. And I don't think that this is a successful year. Even if the Brewers would have ended up winning a game, an extra game against Miami this past weekend, and somehow the Phillies kept losing, we would have snuck in. I still don't think that makes this year a successful year. It's sort of like, the 2020 season. I mean, we've, and that was a weird year, obviously, but when you finish five under 500 and you put up a banner and you get to say that you made the playoffs, you know, another year, I, I get it, but it just seems like I, it's almost, I, I, obviously I wanted us to win, but it's almost maybe a good thing that the Brewers can't claim that this team that really underperformed was able to reach the postseason. I think it would have kind of created a lot of alibis and excuses for the front office um maybe i'm wrong but no i i do agree i think that's a good thing that the brewers don't hang another wild card banner or at least get the opportunity to hang another wild card banner this the second wild card banner i mean come on guys actually it would have been the third wild card <laughs> banner this year actually <laughs> yeah that's great but um yeah no no i mean obviously as a brewer fan it's hard to say no i'm glad we missed the playoffs so we get a kick in the butt no no and i'm not saying that i'm not saying that just to be but, clear but i'm just wondering but, if we could take that as a silver lining i i hope yeah because i actually hope it's a kick in the butt to the front office because i yeah. and i guess before you drop beaker off your question was i think going to be Something along the lines is, is this Mark Antonacio's fault for not spending more money to fix his team? Yeah. My short answer is, I don't know for sure the answer to that, but I, I, my speculation is that Mark Antonacio is a pretty uh, open-minded guy and a great uh, with smart business sense. And I think that he is willing to save the money when uh, a little bit, when it's obviously not time, you know, it's not the right time but he's also going to be willing to add payroll when the time is right. Um, and so I, I think if the front office came down and said, we, we want to make, we want to go all in this year. We want to go for it. Can we add 20 million in payroll at the deadline? He would have been open for it. Uh, but instead I think he shocked. It was shocked that they came down and said, Hey, we actually want to trade Josh Hader. Cause we think he's going downhill and now's the time to trade him." And 
we got these guys we like and he's like oh okay that you, know, you guys are running the show i also like the fact that he's not as much of a micromanager as some uh owners across baseball and so i, I think he really has faith in uh, arnold and stearns and that when they come to him he he gives his opinions and whatnot but i think he's he really just lets them run the show which i i, I respect for him for that so with that being said i think that if anything comes out of the season that's good from a front office perspective is that Stearns and Arnold, uh, knock on wood that they are around next year, most likely, both of them, that they kind of learn that, hey, maybe there's a time to go for it instead of just getting bites of the apple. <laughs> it's time. This is the year. Burns is leaving, potentially. Woodruff is leaving soon, potentially. Let's let's go for it. Um, and, and I think next season is the, the, the meat of the window. I mean, if you were talking about having like a three-year window for those guys to part, or at least one of them, this would have been the first year of the window next year, the second. And then you don't really want to wait to that last year of the window because you want some flexibility. If you'd have to trade one of those guys uh, at the trade deadline or whatever of that third season of the window. So I really feel like next year. And that that's why I love Vikram's prediction of the 2023 world series first, <laughs> because really, I feel like we do need to go on it next year, but the, we have so many question marks on offense. Like the guys I mentioned with Yelich and, Hero and Urias and whoever else is going to contribute to this team. Um, there's so many question marks that it's hard. It's hard to really envision that at this time. But like I said, if if indeed there's the guys are smart enough, like let's make a go for a trade, be willing to really trade a couple of key pieces. Um, you know, be willing to trade Garrett Mitchell for a better controlled bat, even if it's only for a couple of seasons. Be willing to throw Ethan Small in that trade, even if you don't want to. Be willing to even include Trang if someone wants it. So, I mean, I, I think that yeah. we've done something like that at this deadline, but I just don't know what the, what maybe the correct players weren't there to acquire and whatever. So you just don't know, um, you know, and I trust overall this this uh, front office to add as much talent as they can via trade and signings or whatnot, and they've shown uh, – them also be able to do that so all right well uh let's you can scott you could put me on record as saying that i think that antonazio is a great owner but i also think that like most people in wisconsin he is a little frugal and he's um, from i think i think that well most people in wisconsin i don't know he's in he's there he's part of wisconsin (laughs) now like they're not but yeah, um, I I just think that um, if this uh, if you know if we didn't spend you know most of January February March like just screwing around trying to come together trying to get a, a collective bargaining agreement figured out and then that upset a bunch of fans numbers are down revenue I'm sure is down and I'm sure that you know they said hey you know what I don't really want to spend that much money. I think that's what it came down to. I think that if that's we smart. had a collective bargaining agreement at the end of last year, then I think that this Brewer team makes the playoffs. I think we're a little bit more aggressive. I think that attendance stays up. I think we have a little more wiggle room with play role. I, and we didn't do it. I'm sure that's not the only factor, but I think it was enough of a factor that I, I think that made us a little gun shot. I will second, I will second, um, your point, I think, Scott, because I, I do think that that lockout and the uncertainty, more importantly, the uncertainty of a lockout affected small and medium-sized market teams more than 
big market teams, obviously. And I think that the Brewers seemed especially kind of put off by what happened. The whole normal off-season rhythm was thrown off. I mean, other other small market teams, uh, you know, I'm thinking about Cleveland or Toronto, still man in Tampa still managed to deal with it and make the playoffs. So I think that that only goes so far as a, as a rationale. But, um, you know, maybe that's a factor. I don't know. I did think it factored in, and I agree with Scott on this point for sure, is that it factored in how, how teams were able to build their rosters during this offseason big time. And, and, I mean, that all really goes into uh, where your t- you know, what your team's like going into the season. How, I think the it's pretty obvious the the Brewers, you know, actually pulled off the la- – didn't they pull off, like, the last trade before the, uh, the actual collective uh, – before the lockdown or whatever with the Hunter Renfro trade? I think it was one of the last – not the last trade. So, obviously, there were some uh, – Like an hour before the deadline. There was some pressure there that I think they were like, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty on this team unless we pull off this trade right now. There's a lot, you know. So I think it caused them to do that when they did, uh, you know, and whether or not that's good or bad, who's going to be the judge of that? But um, it definitely, that's just an example of across baseball, how the, it, it was a huge dark cloud hanging over the heads of these uh, front offices during the entire offseason. And it was a very more, much more difficult offseason to build a roster for sure from top to bottom, especially, like you said, for small market teams. With the, you just can't have that much in uncertainty as you approach the start of the season, unfortunately, a small market team. So all that stuff factored in. And uh, it's just like what, uh, we just have to look forward to next season. It's just like I don't want to adopt the Cubs mentality, Cubs fans mentality of like, well, I'll wait till next year. Um, because you know, the time is now, so to speak. And I thought of that this year and I thought of that for next year. And so we're in our window and we can't really blow this. I mean, we, we need to, we need to make a strong run. I think we have a strong enough base of a roster just based off of our unbelievable elite starting pitching alone. And we still do have Devin Williams at the back of the bullpen. Um, and I, I think Matt Bush will rebound and he's arbitration eligible next year. I'm sure he'll be a better contributor next year. Um, unfortunately, you know, Taylor Rogers is, you know, now a free agent. So um, we'll, we'll see. I think the Brewers will, will rebuild their bullpen fine and, and, and they'll address the needs that they need to this off season. And uh, we'll, it'll be exciting 2023 season, like Vikram said, for sure. So um, unfortunately though, let, let's move on to doing our annual playoff prediction unfortunately we don't get to pick the brewers this year but um just for fans uh, as we wrap up the 2022 regular season here um this will be the first year of this format obviously with the six playoff teams um, on each side of the league um for 12 total teams making the playoffs this year so the top two division winners get buys and in the american league that of, of course the astros and the Yankees, and then the other, the, the third division winner, and then has to play with the three wild card teams on the opening weekend. There's going to be all three game series in the American League. It will be um, the Rays playing in Cleveland for three games. Now, all three games will be in Cleveland, uh, and the winner of that series will will advance. And then the other um, wild card in the American League will be the Seattle Mariners, who made the playoffs for the first time in many many years 
and they will be unfortunately not even getting a home game all three at least for the first season uh series all three games will be in toronto against the blue jays um with that winner advancing uh and then okay over in the nl the top two uh, division winners of course obviously the dodgers um at the number one seed and number two seed the uh, returning uh nl champ uh, I'm sorry, the World Series champ, uh, Atlanta Braves, did secure the number two seed. So they'll both get first-round buys. And the other playoff matchups are Philadelphia Phillies will be playing at the St. Louis Cardinals, and the San Diego Padres will be playing at the New York Mets for the first three games with those winners of both those series advancing to play the top seed. So um, I guess what are overall predictions? If you just want to say what kind of what your favorite dark horse team is, possibly make a run and then let's start on the AL side on both these your dark horse team for the AL and then who do you think will meet in the AL uh league the AL championship series with the winner advancing to the world series in the AL Scott do you want to start us off what I didn't even understand half of that but um (laughs) I don't know what am I supposed to be doing picking you're doing great. Everyone Dad. from each series? I don't even know who plays each other. No, I mean, no, I no. We just take, said it, but. Yeah, no, you and take your time, obviously. But um, take, he's saying pick your kind of sleeper team in the league and then who's going to actually win the pennant, I think. Okay. And the AL sleeper team, uh, I don't know, Toronto? And then I just figured the Yankees will win it because I don't know. Why not? I've got. I've got Cleveland as my sleeper team and the Yankees winning it as well. All right. I, uh, the, Astros are, the Astros are really good, really good this year. I mean, their offense is really good. I, I'm going to say that the Yankees will actually win this. All right. I will pick the Mariners as my sleeper team, just because I like to root for them, but um, or my dark horse team. But I'll pick the – Blue Jays versus the Astros in the Elite Championship Series with the Blue Jays advancing to the World Series. Wow. Okay. And, and oh, great. And the only reason I, I can't wait to see how that affects the World Series when we have like the next COVID wave come out. That'll be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they're waving the requirements, Scott. You're with it. Are they? Really? Yeah. Did that happen? Yeah, that's, that's ending. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. Starting not to trust Canada anymore. I don't know what they're doing, but I don't know. If there's another new COVID wave, I would. Well, I don't know. I mean, compared to some of our other bordered countries, I think they're doing all right. No, I'm just kidding. They're they're all great. They're all great. But um, I I I just don't want that to become like uh, you know a part of the game where it's going to be like, hey, people are going to have to get vaxxed or grab some pine you know i mean i don't know yeah i we'll think there was a going. serious so, problem with uh whit merrifield actually when they acquired him at the deadline because he was not vaccinated and they um and they made him get vaccinated if he wanted to continue to earn a salary and Scott, are you gonna be able to have your interns edit all this out of the podcast because none of it's relevant anymore it's, it's gonna be relevant if there's another covid wave that's what i'm saying before, yeah, I think that they're waving before the this for weekend, real, though. So I, I don't think that it's okay. another don't COVID wave before before Friday. That should happen. I don't. I don't think that no, Canada has I, those rules in place anymore, Scott. Just for the record, for real. All right. Well, that's good anyway. I mean, 
Yeah. I don't know. Cause I just remember when we had like some of the, some of the series in Toronto, um, not Brewers, but like some of the other teams and they couldn't travel and, or they couldn't play. And I'm like, that's eh, kind of disappointing that you can't play, you know, people on your team, yeah. but all right, it is what it is. Yeah. I think that that's going to be over for the postseason in time for the postseason. Well, I'm glad it's not a thing anymore. So what are we doing now? NL? Yeah, uh, why don't you do the National League? Because Craig just went. So why don't you do the National League? Mm, let's see. I'm going to pick the Dodgers to come out of there. And, hmm, Dark Horse team. I don't know. In the NL, it's so weird. I'm not going to say the Cardinals because I don't want to. I don't think it's who um, you want to think, right? I don't trust the Padres. I just, I mean, they, on paper, they should be there. I guess they're a dark horse team. They're limping in the playoffs. It, yeah. But, I mean, not, I don't know. So, as far as the dark horse, it's almost either them or the Phillies, and I just don't trust the Phillies at all either. So, I'll, I'll say Padres. I don't. Okay, I don't. I don't think that the Padres or the Phillies are gonna out of that. I I'll pick the Mets as my dark horse. You might guess. Um. Yeah, I have a hard time thinking that anybody can knock out the Dodgers this year. But stranger things have happened. I will say this on the record: I would prefer. I would prefer that the Cardinals win the National League if it was between the Cardinals and the Dodgers. My dislike of the Dodgers is pretty strong at this point as well. But that's, <laughs> that's, that's not a – yeah, I, neither would make me happy. I'm going to go with the Mets as my sleeper team, and my winner will be uh, the Dodgers. Now, you just, you just Dodgers. said you were going to pick the Cardinals or the Dodgers. No, no, no. I like who I'd want to win. Uh, it's like you know, one of those. It's like every well, year. We know, when I do we that, know you want the Cardinals this. to win. My head says the this. World Series. I mean, we already know that. No, I prefer the Yankees to beat the Cardinals <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so if your dream? I have to go through a collective bargaining agreement where we barely get to even have a season at all, and then I have to see a Yankees Dodgers World Series or a Subway Series, I am gonna effing lose it. I didn't wait all year for this. I know, I know, I know. Yankees Braves would be kind of cool, right? <laughs> That'd be sort of a nostalgic series. Uh, it's just that the Braves won it last year, so I, I, I'm not really as interested in them this season. Um, yeah. I don't know. The Phillies, The Phillies. I just don't think are that good. Padres, Mariners, World Series there. That's Vikram's pick, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I mean, at least then it would be somebody new, and then you know that would knock yep. one of because it's only it's only what them and the Brewers is that it? No, the Rays haven't, haven't won a World Series. Oh yeah, the, the Rangers have never won a World Series. Mariners, Padres, Brewers, yeah. Okay. All right, Padres well, gotta be in it to win it. We're not. So we're not one of the worst franchises of all time. We're bottom five. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, just, well, the with a caveat that the, the Rays have only been there since 1998 in the franchise, but yeah. Yeah, and they've been wildly – they probably have as many playoff appearances as we have. 
So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, we have crap. So, we have way I mean, better fans though. So screw. True. Yeah. So all right, yeah. you guys make your picks. All right, you did, I guess. In the NL. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Padres for a kind of a dark horse team. Um I have a funny feeling it'll be the Mets to emerge from the NL. I think that there'll be a surprise team. So I'll, I'll go Mets first. Blue Jays in the World Series. And I'll have the Blue Jays winning. But the Padres can't be your dark horse. You know they play the Mets in the first round? Well, I, that's why I want to be my dark horse team. But Oh, if you want to win. Yeah, okay. Got it, got it, got it. Just like I mean, you want the Cardinals to win, but unfortunately the Dodgers are going to. Uh, yeah. But yeah, those two teams definitely. And actually, I do think the Dodgers, with their 110 wins, I think they are beatable. I mean, they are missing Walker Bueller. I mean, and they don't have Max Scherzer like they did last. I think their team was way stronger last postseason. Now that's why I was ecstatic when the they got knocked off, and the Brewers would have a chance to not play them. But of course, we lost the Braves, and the rest is history, unfortunately. Yeah, okay. Tony Gonzalez is still kind of sort of hurt like i mean you don't know what how he's gonna rebound or come back so you can't necessarily count on him i guess the, as a, i'm actually somewhat confident that the Dodgers will not win the world Series. i don't know i just think they're gonna get knocked off i, I don't know by who exactly but uh, i guess i'll go with the Mets. Awesome. we'll see just i mean if you look at the Mets starting pitching versus the Dodgers starting pitching it's almost as good now that Degrom is back and again he hasn't necessarily have all the innings under him yet, but I mean, DeGrom and Scherzer is a pretty damn good one-two punch. And then obviously Chris Bassett's pretty good. Um, I don't know. Yeah. That's, and they have the great bullpen, um, pretty decent hitting. I mean, they've got a franchise hitter in Alonzo in the Miller lineup, and they've got pretty good complimentary pieces like Brandon Nimmo is pretty damn good leadoff hitter. And Jeff McNeil just won the NL batting championship. So, I mean, and they've got Francisco Lindor, another franchise type hitter. I mean, I get that they just got knocked, <laughs> just disappointingly, Mets being Mets and got knocked off by the Braves for the division crown this yeah. year. But that's why I think that makes them kind of a. I think people are writing them off, and I think they're going to roar back and uh, knock off the Dodgers. But that's just that's just my call. I don't know. So, uh, yeah. uh, so I'm trying to remember. You guys both had the Yankees were in the World Series. Uh, yeah, I've got the Yankees winning the World Series, yeah. Versus, I forget who your NL pick was. I picked the Dodgers. I, I don't want that. Oh, Yan- Yankees-Dodgers Dodgers. with the Yankees winning. Oh, that's fun. Okay, Scott, what was your? Um, you said the Yankees-Dodgers with the Dodgers winning? No, he I said, said Yankees-Dodgers. I, I have Yankees. Who? Had- I, I picked Yankees-Dodgers with the Yankees winning. Oh, okay. All right. Then I'll say Yankees. Well, I had Yankees Dodgers, so I'll just say Dodgers winning. I don't know. You guys will have to let me know who wins because I won't even watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's why it's going to be a Mets Blue Jays World Series. So hopefully you're watching, Scott. We'll see. I don't know. Does a Mets Blue Jays World Series do anything for me? Not really. Who would you want to win between the Mets and the Blue Jays, Craig? Uh, I, there's still the Blue Jays. I don't like the Mets. 
Are you are you doing that? That's your actual prediction, or that's what you want? Well, that's what I'm predicting. Okay, all right. Because I, be I, I think I, I actually think that these team, the teams that got the buys, are going to be a disadvantage for down for four days, and they're they're going to lose their momentum. And uh, I actually think it's going to be the teams that get fired up by their home crowds that uh, emerge from the first series in our first ever wild card three game series that are going to have the momentum to knock off the Goliaths this year, but we'll see. Okay. I'm also a deep down wishful thinking on that. I mean, not that I'm a blue Jays or Mets fan. This, I just have a funny feeling on both those. And actually I did predict the blue Jays to meet the blue brewers in the world series before the season. So I'm kind of sticking by that. Um, and if you really look at the blue Jays, they have a better team this year than the, what they've made the uh, posting in the last couple of years. I think, um, I mean, first of all, Alex Manoa is pretty awesome. I mean, he's like an elite ace that they haven't had before, or he's a mergers one this year. And they also have Kevin Gaussman this year, which they didn't have in previous seasons. And then, I mean, they have Jose Barrios as like their number three starter. So I think they're in pretty decent shape to win some short series in a playoff and their offense is just bonkers. Good. I mean, George Springer at the top of the lineup. You've got Bo Bichette hitting in there. You've got Vladimir uh, Guerrero, Matt Chapman, um, Teoscar Hernandez. I mean, top to bottom, compared to like the Brewer, I mean, no offense, the Brewers aren't even in, but I mean, that that's a pretty damn good team, uh, in my opinion. And I get, I get that the Dodgers are really good too. I just, I just don't think, I don't know, we'll see. I mean, I, obviously all the, these teams are good teams, top to bottom, rotation, bullpen, uh, offense for the most part because they won their divisions and whatnot are in the playoffs, but um, I think it'll be a pretty interesting postseason. I'm just hoping for some uh, some surprise teams. And I think that the Braves were that last offseason. I think that the Blue Jays could be that team this year, but that's just that's my guess. Uh, obviously, the, some of the, the Astros, again, none of us mentioned the Astros even being in our World Series, but really, they're a great team. Yeah. Um, yes, they are. They, they really are. And so, I mean, they did – far and away have a better record and i think they're like five games better than the yankees are so you know, for the number one seed i mean i wouldn't write them off especially with most likely you know say i winner justin verlander pitching top of his yep. game i mean they're very good candidates to win first series and they've got pitching in spades obviously and hitting as well so i mean i wouldn't write them off i, I think a lot of people want to write them off uh but but i wouldn't um so no, and I'm selfishly, I'm pulling for that to happen. I want them to make the World Series this year. It you know means more baseball uh, close to where I live. I mean, I, yeah, I'm like 15 minutes from the stadium, so it's it's on a very selfish note. I I hope that they go seven games in the World Series. I mean, that that'd be awesome. Yeah, so I, I do think it. Yeah, we'll we'll see. It's I have a feeling there's a lot of good teams in this postseason. It could be pretty interesting. Um, unfortunately, I, I do feel like the Cardinals will lose pretty quickly, though. But we'll see. Um, yeah, should be should be a pretty good postseason. Hopefully, I wish the Brewers weren't it, but uh, what can you do? So, I will still be watching um, baseball. So, um, and I'm definitely looking forward to a nice hot stove season for the Brewers. Um, and hopefully, all of our fans will be tuning in as we'll we'll bring you. And again, I know one of our next podcast we'll be talking about more playoff baseball but we're also going to on our next podcast if we can remember to go over the 
2023 rule changes that have been implemented. I know Scott had a lot of some things he wanted to say about that, uh, and all of us do. So we'll, we'll make sure to get to that for our fans as well as we kind of put that on the back burner. But uh, I think that's gonna it's gonna change baseball once again going in 2023 season. Just these rule changes that will be implemented. And since we're leaving that as you know we're using that as a cliffhanger, I guess for the next episode. But I I guess I will say this like. Isn't it, isn't it a good idea that if you're going to implement rule changes, like you can only throw to first twice, you know, or like, or, um, you know, they're going to, I guess, modify the shift or whatever. And we'll get more into it next week or whenever. Don't worry, guys. But um, wouldn't you like to see that get passed and say, hey, you know what? We passed this in 2022. And it's going to be 2025 opening day so that like we actually have a little bit of time like for teams to sort of adjust their rosters as needed because like all these people are being, you know, taught or trained or, you know, brought up, developed to play baseball a certain way and to just change it and say, oh, it's going to happen next year. Like, hey, man, we've been building this roster for five years. Like, you can't just why are we doing this? You know what I mean? I mean, obviously, there's going to be some changes, and you know, offense will probably pick up. And I don't know. You know, it's just I wish that it wouldn't just be done the very next year. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, you'd you'd think you'd want to be able to opportunity to build your roster around the rules, so to speak. But I guess with all the teams being in the same playing field is having no advance notice and these ridiculous changes. Um, I guess, what can you really do? Um, baseball is you know, yeah, it's like everybody's at least in the same boat though. Yeah. They are, but like, you know, obviously teams with more lefties in their lineup are going to be an improved offense, probably with a limited shift and people with more speed and base dealers are obviously going to see an uptick in their offense. So you know, yeah, it'd be true. nice to kind of plan that a little bit, but, you know, you have to, you know, make adjustments, I guess. We got the whole yeah. 23 off season to figure this out. Yeah, I'm still mad that, like, the loogie is basically eliminated. I'm still mad about that. So, like, you know. Yeah, you Brian Schultz is. Yeah, if Brian Schultz was in his prime today, he wouldn't even be on a team. So Brian Schultz is rolling good. around in his. Yeah, he's not even – he's still with us, thankfully. He's, he's rolling around. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Oh, well, what can he do? Well, yeah. Seems like a good show, guys. If not a good season, at least it's a good show. Yep. It's all right. Yeah. I mean, we... <laughs> it's been a good – been a good run. <laughs> I, I think this podcast was a kind of a microcosm of the season where it started off with a lot of promise and then kind of hit a snag somewhere in the middle. And then, um, yeah, it didn't finish up all that well. But what can you do is still effort. We did the best of what, what we had to work with. Yeah, Scotty, have you checked our uh, our email inbox, Brook Review uh, podcast with an message? I checked it a couple of years days ago um but all the questions we answered already off the air so i can't remember you know if there was like a really good one we could have brought it up and discussed it now but like 
Yeah. I don't know. Like, you know, but we, hey, we appreciate cool. all of them. You know, obviously. Yeah. You know, if if some of our of our listeners, if if you could actually submit some good questions, that'd be you know we could probably use those. (laughs) Also, Scott is very actively managing our Twitter account on social media, Brewer Review on Twitter. Um, I'm sure he's got us signed up for TikTok or whatever, whatever else. uh, And I was just gonna give a tip of the cap to you for doing a a Yolman's work. um, Well, I've been a little absent from there, but. You know, we sure appreciate hey, what's, it. What's 10 months amongst friends, Scotty? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then also, uh, listeners, we're also going to dedicate an entire off-season podcast for us planning our 2023 uh, Broker View host uh, baseball trip. So you guys will want to tune in for that. I'm sure it'll be pretty exciting. <laughs> No, absolutely, guys. I can't wait. We're gonna we're gonna set this thing up on the books. I will, Scotty. See you in Phoenix in April. Cannot wait. And if any of you guys live, well, our listeners live in Phoenix, or and also like dogs, um, we also might need your assistance um, in watching a a small dog named Penny. Um, that'd yep. be helpful. Thank you. <laughs> Scott, for, yeah. for what it's worth, Lena has actually volunteered to watch your dog during that time, but you have to get the dog to her, or she can, um, you know, watch it. Well, that's she, incredible news. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Wow. Tell Lena, thank you very much. That's awesome. That's just made Yeah. So make, make it easier. I figured we would gonna happen. give you zero reasons not to go. Awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. I don't know, but yeah. I'm gonna hold true to my usual non-committal self. But um, <laughs> I will also say that um, you know, obviously dedicated listeners. If you're listening this long, obviously dedicated. So we definitely appreciate you. But um, you know, we still have anonymous source Tom Carter to be able to. You know, he's still, even though I guess he's no longer with the birds, like he's still our anonymous source, and he still has his finger on the pulse of you know, everything else going on, you know, in uh, trade rumors and signing oh, yeah. rumors. So I'm sure he's going to, you know, he's probably going to, he's definitely going to be funneling information to us and we're obviously going to relay it here and we'll keep him anonymous the entire time. So it's going to work out. So, yeah. you know, yeah. make sure Any to tune in for that. Want to step forward. We'll, we'll, we'll protect your identity just as much as we do Tom Carter's. Well, guys, on that note, I think we should wrap this up. I think people have heard enough of us. So um, Yeah, and uh, as of this taping, the Brewers still do have one game left against Arizona Diamondbacks tomorrow afternoon. I know Vince will be attending that game. I would love to join you. Yeah. Um, so sure. with that being said, go Brewers. Stay classy. Go Brewers, guys. Keep it classy with them. Go Brewers 2023. Here we go. Do, 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 do.